Last week, I sat down with Daryl Walter, three-time NASCAR champion, NASCAR Hall of Famer, my big brother. And I knew when we sat down and started talking, he would have come up with some great stories, and I wanted to share them all. So this week, check out part two of our conversation that we had in Franklin, Tennessee, just a week ago. Be ready. Green flag, green flag. Remember when you, um, I think it was when you nearly won Pocono and tears in your eyes. You do this interview and say, you know, they just didn't put enough dirt on me. Yeah. I still can do this. Yeah. That's 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 what you just live for. Well showing people that you can still do this. Michael, when you when you won championships, you won eighty four races and then all of a sudden you don't win. And 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 a lot of it you can blame on equipment, but a lot of it you can blame on yourself. Right. I became a dad, two daughters uh, I got worried about getting hurt. Can't race worrying about getting hurt. I'll never get you coming to me at Talladega, Daytona, where we were. What are you going to do today? I'm going to ride in the back. Yeah. What are you going to do that for? I said, what are you going to do? I'm going to run up front. If I go out, I'm going to go out up front. Yeah. So I'm going to ride in the back. And if I go out, I'll be like a buzzard. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys all wreck, I'll be like a buzzard. I'll come circling in and pick up the pieces. It was funny you say that because in 2009 <laughs> was my last season as a full-time driver. I ran Daytona and Talladega after that. But in 2009, like the third or fourth race of the year is Atlanta. And we go screaming down into turn one on the first lap. I qualify 22nd and they're five wide <laughs> on the first turn. And I'm thinking to myself, why don't these guys just take their time? Why are they in such a hurry? And then I run a lap, and I'm like, it's a race. I guess you're supposed to be in a hurry. Right, and if you've right. got a question why they're in a hurry, you probably need to figure out it's time to do something else. Well, I, that, a couple of things happened to me in the latter two or three years of my career. Uh, first of all, I got hurt. And once I got hurt, I, I got worried about getting hurt again. There's just something about a race car. You can lose, you can get one sideways, and you can, but you're always able to pull it back, and and you save it, and you keep on going. But once that thing ever jumps out from under you, and you don't save it, and you hit the wall, or you hit something, uh, and it hurts you, you don't, you can't get that feeling out of your mind. So now you're driving with that thing. Am I, am I, am I in the track? Am I hooked up? Right. Am I okay? Everything good? And you can't race that way. And that was a problem I had. I would have probably quit in '98 uh, after Dale's ride. But I, I, I toughed it out to the 98, and then and, and, uh, in and, uh, 99, Travis, Travis Carter yeah. called me about the Kmart ride, and you'll love this. So I'm talking to Carl Haas, and he's a partner with Travis Carter, and they've got the Kmart deal. So I'm talking to Carl, and the, Travis told me I need to call him and talk to him because he wasn't, he wasn't sold on who the driver should be. So I'm talking to Carl, and something came up, and he said, is this Michael? <laughs> I remember you telling me that. <laughs> I said, no, this is his brother, Daryl. He said, hell, I thought we were hiring Michael. <laughs> he probably said, hell yeah, how are you? <laughs> I'll put you on board right now. And, and so, and it, God bless his soul. So we're at Daytona, the first race for the 500. And Travis comes to me before the race. He says, now, if Carl comes out on pit road and kneels down in front of the car, he's, he's going to kneel down in front of the car and start praying. So I just want you to be aware of that so you don't, you don't panic. Sure enough, he got that big old cigar. Here he comes out on pit road. He kneels down in front of that car, and I don't know what he said to it or who he was talking to, but he, he prayed over that car and got up and walked off. Didn't say hi to me or anything. 
just prayed over that car and left. Right. Well, you got to like a guy with that spirit. Well, I thought it was pretty cool. Did you get to know him any? Very little. Yeah. Went to a Christmas party at his house in Chicago. Uh, Mario was there and Michael and all the guys that drove for uh, for the Kmart team, for him and the Kmart team at that time. Uh, big, big deal. It's supposed like if you get invited that, you're somebody special. I thought, well, you know, I, you're driving for him. You'd think he probably ought to invite you to the Christmas party. But <laughs> anyway, that was an odd situation. But I... I wish I hadn't have done that deal because it turned out not to be so hot and it wasn't all their fault and it wasn't all my fault. It just wasn't a good good situation. But if I hadn't have done that deal, again, it's a timing thing, I'd have never went to work for Fox. Right. If I'd have retired at the end of 98, I'd have probably gone to work for ESPN, uh, TN. I don't know who I'd have probably gone to work for someone else. But because I was toughed it out a couple of years there, then the Fox deal came along and best job I ever had. So talked about timing and all the crazy things that happened in the 60s and 70s and Dale's the, the ability to, to to spend quality time with Dale late in his life as it yeah. turns out yeah and now your your career is ending behind the wheel and here comes Fox yeah and they put their arms around DW he's he's our man yeah. another perfect this timing issue for you. Yeah, David Hill um, called me. Uh, Ken Shanger, what I think Ken Shanger from uh, NBC, I think it was, came to Franklin to visit with me uh, to see if I would go to work for them. And his dream team was uh, Joe Gibbs and Brian Williams and me. That was going to be the guys who were going to do the races. That was what they were working on. He came and, he, and, and, and it was so obvious to me because I he had on a pair of freshly creased Levi Wrangler, some kind of jeans, a brand new pair of cowboy boots that didn't even have the price tag off the bottom of them. So he came to he came to Franklin, Tennessee to he was going to cowboy up and yeah. see if we could make a deal. So we ride around, I show him all around Franklin. We're going back and we ain't talked about no contract or money or anything. So we're going along and and uh and uh Humpy Wheeler had called me and said, Here's what you need to tell him you want. Tell him you want a million dollars. I said, are you kidding? He said, that's what you tell him. He said, you can get it. I said, all right. And we're riding along. And I said, well, we haven't talked about the terms of our contract or anything like that. I said, what were y'all guys thinking? He said, well, uh, we start all our guys off at two fifty. I said, you talking about $250,000? He said, yeah, what were you thinking about? I said, I was thinking about a million. And we never said another word on the way to the airport. He got out of the car and he said, it's been nice visiting with you. Well, a week went by and David Hill calls me and wants me to come to New York. Well, me and my, you know, I'm being obnoxious, I guess. I said, I can't. He said, what do you mean you can't? I said, my airplane's in the shop getting painted right now and I ain't got no way to get there. Did he not, did he say, did you know Piedmont Airlines? No, dead, the dead silence on the phone. And then you know how Hill was. He just broke out into this huge laugh. Yeah. He said, I've called a lot of people and offered them a lot of deals, but I've never had anybody told me, tell me that they couldn't come because their plane was in the, in the shop getting painted. So anyway, we went to New York and we went to Arnold Schwarzenegger's cigar bar. Ah. Uh. You don't you know, like cigars. I hate cigars. I Me even, too. We, you pull out in the front of that place and there's aroma coming out. So we go in and we walk up, go upstairs, and women sitting at the bar smoking cigars, men soaking cigars. I said, this is, and Stevie's with me. I said, I don't think we're going to eat here. But we go into another part of the restaurant and it was fine. It wasn't all that way. So we ate dinner. 
He reaches in his pocket and pulls out a piece of paper and lays it on the table and he says, look at that and if it suits you, call me and let me know. Well, I just picked it up and stuck. I didn't want to sit there at the table. Walked out, going back to the hotel, opened it up, million bucks. I said, I called him. I couldn't wait to call him. <laughs> I said, I think I'm, I'm your gonna, guy. I, I'm going to get that plane painted and I'll be at the, what, where you want me at. And that was, that's how I started my relationship with them. And he is, he's awesome and he's been a big part of this deal since the beginning. Oh, yeah. And the, he helped me so much. Yeah, the thing about, the, the reason why, many reasons I wanted to have my podcast with you this week, um, but one of the most important is that everybody asks me, how's Daryl doing? I know. How's Daryl? What's Daryl doing? I know. And I, I try to tell people all the time, like, Daryl's doing what he's done for the last 18 years. Yeah. He got done in July, at June in Sonoma, yeah. and he's going to be off until February. Yeah. And so Daryl's living life. It ain't no different. What yeah. you need to be thinking about is what old Daryl's going to do, be thinking, doing come February, because the yeah. last 60 years... Yeah, it's been the same. You, yeah. You're on a team. Yeah, you're on the you're on your race teams, and, well, and then you're on the Fox team. And I just wondered where you where you are and how how you're how you're preparing for for 2020. Yeah, you know, I I didn't go to Charlotte for the first time since 1972. I ran I ran a a race at Charlotte, a cup race, fall race in Charlotte in '72. And I've been there every 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 every, every time I open the gates. Almost I've been there ever since. And I didn't go this time. I don't know if I'll go back to a track. Uh, the hardest thing about a racetrack is to not have a purpose, not yeah. not have a reason to to be there. Whether you're a driver or a team owner or a crew member or whatever, or a TV analyst, you know, you have a reason to be there. Uh, I've been to some races where I just went to be a fan. I didn't have, I, it didn't work out so good for me. Uh, you know, you walk by and, hey, dude, how you doing? And just kind of, people just kind of blow you off and send you on your way. <laughs> shoo, 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 now go along. <laughs> and, and the other thing, too, is I, I, I've had, I'm 72 years old. I've had an incredible career. I've had more fun than, than, than the law allows. And, and, and there are a lot of young people, younger guys than me in their 40s, that deserve a chance, an opportunity to experience some of the things I've experienced. And so I'm not angry or I'm not bitter or I'm not disappointed uh, that my career has come to an end. Uh, it's just hard to accept. I never, it's like when I, it's like when I never, when, and I won the last race of my career in 92 at Darlington. I thought, well, I'll always be able to win a race. You know, I'll fall into one here or there. <laughs> Little did I know I'd go eight years and not win another race. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's kind of how I feel about the TV is uh, I never thought about it coming to an end. Uh, I always thought there would be a place for me. I thought about other people having trouble finding a place for them, but <laughs> never thought it'd be <laughs> never thought it'd be me. So anyway, I'm a I'm fine, and you're right. They may find me hanging in my bedroom <laughs> before he gets here because when everybody's packing headed to Daytona, you know, Michael. They're going to be all, everybody's going to be looking for you, make sure you're okay. In 19 years of TV, I missed one race. I, I, look, I had three ablations. I had my gallbladder out. I had a knee replaced. I had all that done in that 19 years. 
and only race I ever missed was a Bud shootout three years ago, I think it was, or four, mm -hmm. when I had my gallbladder out, and mm -hmm. they wouldn't let me out of the hospital. Yeah. Because I was going. Well, I got you, out on Thursday, and I was going to Daytona, but they wouldn't let me. Well, you broke your leg at Daytona in the Tide car, right? Uh-huh, in July. And you insisted on taking your <sighs> broken-up body to Pocono to start the race, and, and Jimmy Horton got in your car. Yeah. But, but you, you, you had to be there. I did. Well, I was in a, it's, we're driven by points, or at least we were then. And I was in the top 10 in points. If you miss a race, you're done. You're not yeah. going to win the championship. I didn't know how bad I was hurt. I mean, I knew I, was, I, knew I felt bad. I, you'll love this. So Daddy, hadn't seen Daddy, Mama, Daddy Lowensboro. I come, I get home. I've been to rehab for a few days, and they come down to see how I'm doing. And Daddy gets out of the car, and he walks up to the wall, he looks at me, he said, damn, son, how long are you going to be like this? <laughs> give me a break. Leave me alone, Daddy, please. <laughs> it's the best I can do. Uh, great memories, though, the, the best single memory of your career, Daytona 500. Nah, I wouldn't, I, I'm, I'm glad I won that. Uh, I wouldn't feel like that would be a, a big void if I hadn't won that. Uh, that first win at Nashville, huge. Yeah. Great. I got great. a great picture of that. I know. I, that's one of my favorite pictures. But you know why? Because Granny and Pappy, Pappy are, are there. there. Mom and Dad are there. You're there. Yeah. Mom, everybody's there. It's a family. You know, it's Mother's Day weekend. Right. The next day, I think we all went to the park and had fried chicken. But anyway, that's one of my favorite memories. Uh, the race that I won at Martinsville, where I hit Terry Labonte and, and Terry he hit Dale. hit Dale, that was a big weekend because that was a weekend Jessica was born. And that little come to the track that morning in that vase sitting in the seat of my car with that little rose in it and a note win this one for me daddy oh i'll never forget that and you you didn't you weren't the fastest car oh no i you wheeled your way I in had no business winning that race i led 600 feet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. so that's and then in uh, 92 i won Dar uh bristol race uh i'll never forget they went from asphalt to concrete and everybody said well that'll end his he won't Concrete, it'll be totally different. He won't win that race. The first race on concrete at night, I won it, and uh, that was a big deal because that was the weekend Sarah was born. Wow! So, um, and there are other memories that, that uh, races that stick out special. That '79 Darlington race with yeah. Richard, um, and then some of the ones I lost <laughs> that you never forget. <laughs> you talk about three championships and the the honor of being in the Hall of Fame. It, you you pretty much did it all. And that has to, the, the, the thing that, the thing that daddy told you in 75 when you, when we didn't know how big of a deal it was and you won that race when daddy said, you know, you're doing all right, son. Yeah. Um, I bet you daddy's thinking, uh, I'm glad you're retiring, son, because you've done all right. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I, I'm sure dad and mom both, I mean, they, they took me to, they brought me to Nashville when I didn't have my driver's license. They went to races with me, as you well know. Daddy, they, most places I'd go, ASA racing or wherever, they didn't ask how I was or how I'm doing. They wanted to know how Leroy was doing. <laughs> and uh, you know, because you took them to a lot of races too. So we were blessed to have them as long as we did. Um, and we have some great memories, family memories. And like any family, you know, we could probably sit here and Think about things we didn't like of, about what happened, but yeah. there are a lot of things that turned out pretty darn good. Yeah. Well, the thing that I love um, 
is your family that you just talked about those beautiful girls mm. that were born on race weekend grandbabies all the, the the future there's so much for you to enjoy and and yeah. maybe maybe a little golf every now and then you know michael i thought if i played a lot i'd be better that's not true. There's a lot of people that thought. <laughs> the, more, the more I play, the worse I get. <laughs> well, it must be in the genes no, because I, I am the worst. Here's what I figured out. Those clubs have a chip in them. And after you hit them so many times, they go bad. Uh, you need to freshen you up. Got, they got to get a new set. All right. How many sets you got? I was going to say, I've tried that <laughs> with little to no, uh, little to no positive result. But... Uh, Man, it's been fun. We've got a few people that have texted oh, wow. us Great. and wanted to ask a couple of questions. And I just had so much I wanted to ask. Yeah, that, no, it's that, fun. Thank um, you. And we brought along Ford. Yeah, Ford Martin. I, I made the trip up here. I, I, hey, I had to come up. He's a Nashville guy, kind of. We know his dad. Yes, we do. Yeah. But that's why I watch yeah. him so closely. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, the fairgrounds, I mean, working with Famosa and Bobby Hamilton and those guys out oh, yeah. there. And yeah. uh, that was a good run. See, but, yeah. Ford told me this is what he wanted to do. And, and, and I, I always remember when I told Granny I wanted to be a race car driver, she told me to shut up and eat my popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> well, it turned out okay for you, so yeah, maybe so you I'm can hoping, get... I, I'm hoping for him. He's been doing a lot. What have you been doing, college? Yeah, I was doing college, some play-by-play -play and doing some now currently. And I remember coming up to the booth, really, yeah. during Charlotte weekends yeah. and, and watch you and shout you. He does enjoy MRN. He's the turn guy. Yeah. Or pit Dude, guy. He's an MRN turn guy. My season's over. My oh. part's done. But. Yeah. So... There's, we talked a lot earlier, Ford, about the fairgrounds. We got any questions about the fairground speedway here in Nashville? From our Ask Mikey archive, whether it be on Twitter or Instagram, you can um, text us uh, and let us know your questions and hashtag Ask Mikey, and we'll be sure to answer them. Just your opinion, Daryl. Is NASCAR coming to Tennessee? Because Dale Jr. certainly is doing all he can to help it, and I know how much it would mean to you. Yeah. I guarantee you. That would be a race you would go back to. <laughs> I might even drive at that yeah, race. I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah. When you, know you retired from racing, you drove for me. Yeah. You know what's funny? I'm 72 years old. Never now and I think, I'm going to get me a car and go race. Now, that would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? But, no, I, I worry about the fairgrounds because it's so volatile. Uh, every mayor that's come along is, you know, wanted to do something different with it, create a park and then, or turn it into an industrial center or the HCA has had a lot of people have had interest in that. That's 114 acres right in the middle of town. Yeah. And the soccer stadium now comes along. Uh, Tony Formosa and Clary, his daughter, they've they've done a nice job of fighting the fight. Um, there needs to be a lot of money spent on it to make it cup worthy. Do you think Bruton's into that? There's no the the the, the problem that I've always had. I, I tried to get it. Joe Carver and I tried to get it one time. And, and the fair board and the people that oversee the place, if you want to repave it, great. You can repave it, but it's our track. You want to rebuild the grandstand? Great, go ahead. But it's our grandstand. And so there's never been a good working relationship between the, the promoter and the fairgrounds, the fair board. If we could ever get the two on the same page and somebody say, look, the renderings I've seen are beautiful. Yeah. And that place could be something special. Very similar to what Joe and I did 20 years ago, 30 years ago. But will it happen? The city's got a lot of debt, and I just don't see it happening anytime soon. Maybe, maybe never. I'm, I love it. Marcus Smith and Jerry Caldwell and all those guys have shown a huge interest in their fairgrounds. 
I don't want to. I'm, I'm very optimistic. I'd love to see something happen. I'm just not sure it ever will. Another question that I've been looking forward to asking you: We've raced Daytona and Talladega. We know we've we've almost done every imaginable rule scenario that yeah. <laughs> that has come along, and this one that we have now is not any different much than some no. we've had in the past. No. What did you think about the Talladega race from from start to finish? And then particularly, what did you think about that finish? Well, Grant Lynch and those guys down there, they, they've done a, an amazing job of promoting that race and that track. And that's a, that's a one-of-a-kind racetrack. You know why I know he's a great promoter? I saw DW on a float in the infield last summer <laughs> with the fans and, and possibly had a red solo cup that might have just had grape juice in it. I don't know. But that's a great promoter. <laughs> that's a great promoter. He can get you out on the boulevard. Yeah. But, you know, I, I can't tell you, nothing ever changes. You go there, people get angry or have, they don't get angry, they get upset with us. We talk about the big one because we know there are going to be big wrecks. You can't pack race. You can't run 30 cars on top of each other and not expect to have multi-car wrecks or a lot of cars involved. I don't, there's no fixing it. I thought the finish was, that's what we live, that's what we watch. I watched the start of that race and I went outside and power washed, came back in and watched the end of that race. And I don't really think I missed all that much. Um, I don't like the yellow line rule. Yeah. I, 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 there's a lot of people that will argue with you. See, we've gotten caught up in this safety thing. It's got to be, oh, it's not safe. Well, that's not, well, racing is not safe. And I don't want to see anybody get hurt. Uh, these cars are pretty safe these days. The tracks with the safer barriers are pretty safe these days. But when we keep trying to eliminate danger, that's, that's what makes drag racing fun. That's what makes maybe IndyCar racing fun to watch. Because they hit the wall. They use a pretty big, pretty big deal. And, and I, I kind of get tired of hearing about, oh, it wouldn't be safe. It wouldn't be safe to have the cars all over the track on the last lap. What? I mean, if you, if, if, if you can make a pass on the apron, well, <laughs> get on down there and do it. Uh, and, and they say, well, they're going to wreck everybody. Hell, they wreck everybody now. Yeah. I mean, give is me it, a break. Is it time for the yellow line to go away? Well, I say, and, and there's people that would disagree with this, and you gotta, I know it's hard to have different rules for different times, but on the last lap, when the white flag comes out, all hell breaks loose. Have at it. Just roll up the yellow line. Yeah, just go. If you got to go below the line, and and just like what happened in the truck race, I felt sorry for Johnny Sauter. I mean, he and that guy were racing each other for the win, and he blocked that guy. And they both went below the yellow line, and that and he gets disqualified. See, we, they bought into this disqualifying thing because of the fans. The fans don't think it was fair for a guy to be able to do break the rules, have an illegal car, whatever, and still credit for the win or credit uh, for the finish. <clears throat> I don't agree with that. I don't think, I, I just don't think you can disqualify a guy over a line on a track. Right. There's things you can disqualify a guy for, don't get me wrong, motors, tires, all those big gas, but a line on a track, you're gonna disqualify a guy because he went below some, some line? Then he, then he was at Darlington and he won the Saturday race. Yeah. He won the Xfinity race and his car was too low. too low or too high. Too low. So he's in the media center and he gets done with all the interviews and he's got the trophy and he's getting ready to walk out the door and the, uh, one of the PR guys for the track said, uh, hey, uh, you've been disqualified 
Um, we need you to go over there and talk to the media. Then he looked at his trophy and handed it to the guy and walked out the door and left. <laughs> he said, all right, thanks, thanks a lot. See, that's another rule. Does it make any sense to you when you run that car on the ground? I mean, they're dragging, sparking, the splitter's dragging. Uh, Every part of that car on the racetrack is on the ground. And it's too low. And then when they race with all, oh, that's too low. Sorry. I've had that discussion I mean, that, that, uh, several times. Look, NASCAR guys get upset with me because they, I don't, you got to have rules. I understand that. Right. Just because I don't like the rule doesn't mean I don't like the person. It made, they just, I think we have too many rules. Right. We are over officiated. I, I mean, don't know. did so you, you ever you think a... you'd take a car in a room and close all the curtains and put dots all over <laughs> it and put a laser on it and tell them it's out of line? Give well, me that, a break. All that stuff has happened for a reason. Jake would look at his tape mirror and say, I think we're one of those little marks <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, man, this has been so much fun. Oh, my gosh. So, Ford, let's, let's ask a few more questions. I love when our friends from Reddit or from Twitter hashtag Ask Mikey, and we can just see what they're, what's on their minds and share it with Big Brother. Yeah, that's right. And we're talking about how a little bit, a little bit ago about how I love Nashville, being around Nashville. Well, I'm a big Nashville Predators fan. Mm -hmm. And we have a question from Twitter from uh, Jack underscore Bauer fam. And he said, DW, what was it like waving the towel in front of all those fans at Bridgestone Arena for the Predators playoff hockey game as the seventh man? Well, first of all, I, I, I kind of was an outner for me because I could not believe the energy in that in that stadium in that room whatever you call it where that where they play hockey i mean it rink. was unbelievable the rink yeah and i was down there and and of course i said let's kick some ice boys and i don't know I, everybody said what did he say because <laughs> I, I like what michael said you can say anything you want to once <laughs> but anyway it it, it it waving the towel and the fans were so engaged and and in your own it's what makes short track racing so great i think it's why fans really uh get excited about going to short tracks because you're so close and you can almost reach out and touch the players and you could hear them grunting and groaning and slapping that stick and knocking that puck around and it's it's hockey is where it's at that's a fun day that was a fun uh afternoon i enjoyed the heck out of it that's awesome what else you got over there ford for Just another question ice, boys yeah that's right heck yeah <laughs> um which have one from Reddit here. I think this is a pretty funny one here. Dale Jr. J said, uh, we got these big ice spoilers on here now. <laughs> big ice spoilers. <laughs> you know, actually, I, I was going to say another question, but I think this one will lead into what you said right here. Um, of course, this past week went Dale Jr. saying, talking about the spoilers on, on the broadcast. From Buckshot-3, uh, did you ever curse in the booth like Dale Jr. did this weekend? Uh, he said, seems something like I could see DW doing. What, uh, let me ask you this question. Have, did you ever have anything you had to pick up the phone and call the old boss and say, hey, man, nothing's on me right there? Well, I had a couple of them. But the one <laughs> I can tell you, so we're at Bristol, and they had a restart. And I don't remember. I think it was Jimmy Spencer and somebody. I don't remember who it was. It was a, it was a Saturday race. And they made a call. They black flagged. Maybe it was Robbie Gordon. I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Harvey King. Harvey. But anyway, so they black flagged for jumping the start. And I said on the air, I said, that's bull. And just like that, I mean, it came out. Of, <laughs> did it you just, really? I did. It I just, did not know that. Oh, it just came out. And 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 I and, and Mike and Larry at the time looked at me like. I said, and I'm thinking, well, there goes my job. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. <laughs> what well, what I didn't know was that was a live feed. I thought we were on commercial break, mm -hmm. 
which we were, but they made me think we weren't. Everybody oh, got a, on the on the bandwagon about making me think that went all over the country. <laughs> we were just on the live feed inside the stadium, so people inside of the place heard me say that, but the nation didn't hear me say that. So, I, and and they don't tell me any different. So I go to the coach, and uh, Stevie's there, and you know, and she doesn't no cussing and all that kind of. And I said, honey, uh, did you watch the race? No, I didn't get to watch it. I said, well, I think I'm in trouble. And I told her what happened. And uh, she looked at me and she kind of smiled and she said, you know what? That was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so it made me feel good. So the next day she gave me a scripture to put in the, in the window. Thou shall not say bullshit. The TV. Yes. <laughs> and thou haven't yeah, since. I am not. I am not. <laughs> That's fun. What else you got, Ford? Well, the question I was going to ask a little bit ago from Reddit, from jbone17, do all your grandfather clots sound off? at the same time <laughs> oh that's so funny because i tell people all the time when i go over to daryl's house i feel like i'm an aviary like ding dong bang dang. i mean that how many of them you have i got 12 <laughs> 12 grandfather I, clocks from being the man at martinsville yeah I, I actually only have four in the house i have one in the dining room one in the back room one that i got i got them spread around a little bit but the rest i gave away uh I, you know, I was never a big collector. Michael, he's a, he collects stuff, but I never was. Uh, matter of fact, Jackie Arut has one of my Winston Cup belt buckles that I gave to him because I was felt like he deserved it more than I did. And that was in 81 or 2 when we won the championship. I gave him my belt buckle. The clocks, mom had one. I think my sister has one. Uh, Ed Silva, my attorney. John Gallagher runs the dealerships. I just kind of spread them around because what am I going to do with 12 Grandfather clocks. I ain't going to wind all of them. You're going to go sure. crazy trying to get them all to dong go at the same time. <laughs> Try to keep up with them. But anyway, I, I'm not a big collector, but uh, I sure love those clocks. They are at least something you can put on, put in your house, and uh, and they're useful. What kind of cars are you have you collected? What are what are some that you well, feel like? My, my favorite car is that Buick I got out in uh, California. That '56 Buick Roadmaster, red, white, convertible. You ride it around town? Oh yeah, we went to dinner in a couple of times, and uh, it's a, it's a fun car to drive. But uh, I got my Corvette and different ones. I thought that car we drove at Sonoma, uh, that Avalon. Yeah. Holy smoly. Yeah. That thing was fun, too. I like that, though. It was, it was more fun for you because I had to ride with you. And, <laughs> and I could tell you were getting excited. I, 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 I love it when I can spill your draw up. Oh. I was like, no, no, no. That, 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 we don't need to do that. <laughs> you wanna... All right. Well, we'll keep it going right here. For, I'm from Twitter from Payne 1208 uh, and at least for me, growing up, listening, you call so many races with Fox. Yeah. What is your favorite race? Like, what was your favorite race that you called on Fox Sports? Uh, well, I had a lot. I had a lot of fun at races that we did. Close finishes, obviously, were uh, you know the most exciting. That race that uh, Ricky Craven and Kurt Busch had at Darlington, where they at Dar- did things at Darlington that you normally don't get away with. Uh, that was one of my favorites. But the race at Talladega. When Jimmy Johnson won the race, and there were eight cars, literally, I mean, you didn't know who was going to win that race. There were four, I think, three or four wide, four or five deep. Four two-by-twos. Yeah, and they come down there, and I, Jimmy Johnson won by just a few hundredths of a second. Uh, that was, it's just, it's just hard not to contain yourself when all those things are going on. The night that Juan Pablo, Juan Pablo Montoya hit the, uh, fire tr- the uh, track dryer at, at Daytona, and it blew up and caught on fire. That was an amazing night. So 
a lot of great finish at Daytona, Talladega, that Darlington race, um, Brist uh, Richmond when Carl Edwards booted uh, Kyle Busch out of the way on the last lap to win that race. Just those kind of races, they kind of resonate. They they stay in your memory longer than others. Wow, and you know, actually, going based off that, uh, and, and you know that I've I've won the game broadcasting my yeah. whole life. And I guess it's a question for me, and and really for anybody that's listening that wants to get into broadcasting, yeah. what advice would you give them? Yeah, like for someone that wants to get into broadcasting, and, and I know whether that's being play by play what Mike Joy does or being an analyst. Yeah. Well, I I don't think people like slick. Uh, I don't think they like rehearsed. I, I don't like to rehearse. I never do, very seldom. Uh, and I, I tell people all the time, you, you talk to the people at home like you're sitting in a bar with them. Like you're sitting on a bar stool and you got four guys beside you, they don't know anything about racing. But they're interested in it because it's on TV. And so you try to, I, you, you entertain and you educate. It's got to be fun. It's got to be funny. You got to know when, to, when it's funny and when to be serious. But it's got to be entertaining. And after all, that's what we're there for. We're there to call a race. There's a race going on, and that's the star of the show. But you got to be able to have a little fun along the way to keep it entertaining. And I think that's exactly what you've done. <coughs> and it, 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 you've always inspired me to try to figure out a way to tell the story that people can appreciate, understand what's happening, but then them say, huh, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, yeah you just can't make it too technical. Yes. People don't care about all that technicality. They just want to know, keep it, keep it simple. Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> the, the old kiss rule right <laughs> that's there. That's right, that's right. That, um, but this, man, this, is, this has been a ball, Daryl. Thank you so much for taking your time. This, uh, do it. this retirement life looks like it's treating you well, and I'm looking forward to to playing a little golf, and in fact, like I'd love to go show you my new putting move. Like I got a new move. You get another, every time I see you, you got somebody new that's told you you were doing what you were doing wrong and correcting it. And I got a lot of how many issues. coaches have you had? I've had several, and the one I have now sucks. I don't know what I'm going to do about golf. It's I finished next to last in the Golf Guys Tour in 2019. Denny Hammond was our champion. Larson, top five. Ricky Stenhouse right up there. I was 20th out of 21. I've, I've played with you when I thought you were pretty good. And I would play with you when I thought, why in the hell does he keep doing this? Yeah, I keep, I'm at that point in my life yeah. right now. Why yeah. the hell do I keep doing this? Yeah. But thank you so much for... Brother. Brother. You brother know, to brother. You know what? We've come a long way. <laughs> we have. And you know what? I think there's still a long way for us to go. There's a long way for you to go. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, brother. Thank you as well. I, I've really sat back and enjoyed both both of you guys' conversation. It's been, thank you. It's been fantastic. Oh, no, it's fun. Thank Thanks. you very much. Man, that was awesome. So thankful for the time that Big Brother allowed me to hang out with him. Had fun doing the golf challenge as well. He's such a fun guy. He does so many cool things and so passionate about NASCAR. Think about it. People ask me all the time, you know, how's retirement? He's not retired yet. He won't be retired until February. And we're gonna have to think about Darrell a lot then because for the first time in 60 some years, he's not gonna be going to the racetrack. But he's still gonna have a big smile on his face, a beautiful family, thankful man. And uh, I'm proud to call him Big Brother. I don't think my life would have turned out near what it did if I didn't have an inspiration like him to look up to as when I was a kid. So thanks DW, appreciate you and thank you 
Thank you for listening to Waltrip Unfiltered and be sure to tell your friends about us. You can download us on their, your favorite podcast app and you can also watch us on Fox Sports YouTube channel. Be sure to submit questions to Waltrip Unfiltered via the hashtag AskMikey and we'll get to your questions whether you're on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, it doesn't matter. We'll get your questions and we'll be sure to, to get you an answer. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.